ott van még Nikolic, Nígó felé, Nígó helyzetben, gól! Gól! Nígó kiegyenlít! Bravo Loik, bravo Lolikám, Lajos, szép gól volt! Sallai, azon mellett még el tudjuk hozni. Sőt, Szoboszlai kap labdát. Szoboszlai előtte Nikolic bent középült könyves. Szoboszlai, könyves szép helyet csinált neki. Szoboszlai lő, gól! Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Hungarian Football Podcast. This week it's an international special, but before we get into that, I'd like to appeal to you guys and girls that are listening um, with regards to a six-year-old girl back in Hungary who lost both her parents um, to COVID on, it was in February um, of this year and it's left um, poor Borsica without um, parents. So currently her grandparents are looking after her. Um, you know, her world's been completely turned upside down as you just can't even imagine how this poor, beautiful girl is managing to get through day by day. But, you know, kids are resilient and she's she's doing her best. But so we've got a little fundraiser going that um, Pete Green on um, Twitter has, has started. He was friends with their parents, uh, her parents. Um, they set a target of £12,500 and they're currently at 11700 So it's so almost there, guys. Um, to put that into context, in, in Hungarian foreign, that's about £5.5 which will really, really go a long way to um, helping her throughout her life. Um, so if you could, guys, please, the Just Giving page will be posted on Twitter and through the other social media um sites that you listen to this pod through um if you could anything that you can spare will be really really grateful received thank you to to everyone that has supported so far and to all those that will off the back of this it's it's an amazing cause guys and um yeah thank you thank you again um this week so it's an international special and um joining us is thomas mortimer hi tom how are you hey i'm pretty well thank you how are you Good. I'm all good. Thank you very much. It's good to be back talking football. Um, it's been a, been a while since the last pod. Um, Chris is with us. Chris Barrett from uh, the good old US of A. How are you, Chris? I'm good. Thanks, Gabby. Good to be here. Excellent. Great to have you guys back um, together. So, um, upcoming then, guys. So, on Thursday, we are at home to Poland before um, three days later playing San Marino away and three days after that playing Andorra away. And um, hopefully we're not going to be seeing a, a repeat of the last time we uh, we met Andorra. We're, we're certainly in a, in a better place now. Um, guys, so we've got the squad announced now. I'll quickly run through the squad and we'll, uh, we'll pick up from there. So... Goalkeepers, we've got uh, Dennis Dibus from Fradi, Gulacci from Leipzig, and uh, Balas Tote from Pushkas Academy. Um, in defence, we've got Botka from Fradi, uh, Fiola from Vidi, Hanya from Vidi, Ketchkes from Lugano, we've got Lang from Nicosia, Lovrencic from Fradi, 
Willy Orban from Leipzig, um, the magnificent Attila Salai. We'll get to him in a little bit, who's obviously playing in uh, Fenerbahce uh, at the moment. Um, in midfield, we've got Tamas Cherry, we've got uh, from Mezakovest, um, we've got Daniel Gazdag from Honved, Philip Hollander uh, from Partizan Belgrade. Although, as at the time of recording this pod, we've got no update on the um, medical condition of him, but it's pretty much almost certain that he's going to miss out after suffering an injury this weekend. Um, Kalmar from Dots, we've got Klein Heisler from Osijek, um, Adam Nodge from Bristol City, Nigo from Videoton, uh, Schaefer from Dots, Sigair from Fradi. Then we've got Gerasai from Pushkas Academy, Nemanja Nikolic from Vidi, Roland Salai from Freiburg, Adam Salai from Mainz, Kevin Varga from Kasim Pasa, and Roland Varga from MT Car Budapest. Um, straight off the bat, Tom, we've got obviously Soboschlei missing. Um, is this the best we can do without him? Um, yeah, I guess it's not too far off. I mean, I don't really know why Schaefer's not with the under-21s, to be fair, because he's 21 and obviously he's, he's young enough to be in that squad. And he's, when I think we've talked about it on this pod, when we've seen him in the national team, he looks a bit far off it, to be honest. I'm not sure, really sure why Schaefer's in there, but I think that's, yeah, like, I think it is about as good as it gets, to be honest. Um, in centre midfield, I think there is some good replacements in there for for Soboslai, like Nodge is obviously a stalwart for Hungary and and Colmar's and really stepped up for Hungary recently. And and someone like Gozdog, we've seen how amazing he's been in, in uh, MB1 this season, how many goals he's scoring. I mean, he's kind of playing up top at times as well. And then Kleinheit is in a bit of form. He scored an absolute screamer uh, this weekend. So we, we've kind of got like some decent replacements in for Soboslai. Um and and I guess what's else is good as well that um, Adam Zala is playing first team football for Mainz now, um, which we probably never thought would happen again <laughs> at one point. Shalai's mm. uh, in good form. Freiburg scored again today, so um, it's it's not we're not in the worst position in the world, but it, without Sobosai, we're definitely not as strong as we could be. Mm, definitely, and. Um... Chris, talking of Gazdag, Rossi said that he, he he was counting on him to to um, perform as a midfielder in the team. Um, he's going to be the guy, I'm guessing. I, I mean, we all know his quality and his skills. He's probably the closest we've got to Soboslai in in terms of how how he plays. Um, what do you think? I mean, about about relying on him because Kalmar is um, you know just as good and has been sort of proven that can play in that national team role for us. Yeah, and, and Kalmar has actually um, been playing, right? So he um, played against Turkey, played against uh, uh, Serbia, and um, I, I would think that Kalmar would be the um, um, that attacking midfielder presence that uh, if they're going to play that, the, the same formation they've been playing. Um, Gazdag is definitely... Um, uh, first of all, first of all, no, nobody can replace Soboslai. I mean, we understand that, but um, because of the injury and all that kind of stuff, I mean, I feel like um, uh, if you're going to add somebody else, um, 
in the midfield. I think Azzag has shown that he can play. He's got creative ability. Um, he doesn't. Uh, um, he, he plays with a little bit of bite. He's not going to be um, scared off the ball too much. Um, you know, I feel like he he's going to be a, a a good replacement, um, uh, at least serviceable. But um, but I mean, if you, if I'm going to choose between one or the other, I think I'm going to go with with Kamar and his experience. To be honest. Mm. Um, we said about um, Salai, um, Attila Salai, who's who's been absolutely incredible at Fenerbahce since his since his move there. Um, he's surely going to be partnering um, Willie Orban at, at the back. Um, as you said, midfield wise, we've got some really good midfielders in there. Actually, there's there's kind of nothing that that worries me too much about. Um, Dominic not being there because um, because we do have some some really good sort of replacement players and and and, and those that can kind of fit in. Um, Tom, who do you think gets the nod up up top? Because like you say, um, Salai is is in some decent form at the moment. Um, Varga's doing doing pretty good. So you know who who's going to be the man to get the nod for you? Yeah, I think if I think if we go. With what we've kind of been doing with the three-five-two and and having the two strikers, I think it will be Zolai and Charlai. Um I think just from the start initially, at least, um, because he, he he kind of has preferred Zolai to the likes of Nikolic. Um, and Nikolic isn't really he's not even the first name on the team sheet at Vidi at the moment either. Um, I think he's still kind of undroppable from Hungary just because he's he's always going to be a threat on the off the bench and he has been he, he obviously scored against Bulgaria as well um in the in that playoff game. Um I think it will be Zolai. I, I like I said uh, I think it's really really exciting that he is back. I know um a lot of Hungary fans and probably a lot of people listening to this show um don't like him and at times he can be one of the most frustrating footballers you you will ever watch because his first touch can just be oh god devastatingly hilarious and horrendous um but when he's on form he, he he's actually really really effective and really really good and that's the reason why he's at a club like mine's like he wouldn't be playing Bundesliga football if he if he didn't have any talent it's just when he when he is out of match practice, he looks he just almost looks like an oaf at times. Um but yeah, I think that's what he'll go with. And then and then Nikolic and Varga off the bench as as two options. It's interesting that Goreshi's in there. Um because he's 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 not really played that many games this season and he's not scored that many goals. But he when he was younger he was obviously a massive talent and got all those injuries and it'll be interesting to see what role he plays in these in these three games. Who do you see um, of these players that have, that have been added to the squad um, that could possibly? Because let's face it, before before every kind of big game that we've had previously that have you know relied on um, us qualifying for tournaments and things like that, there's always been a kind of surprise player that that popped up in there. Klein Heisler obviously is was one of those. Who do you see out of this squad that could possibly um, you know be that late guy who comes into the um, European Championships uh, squad and um, makes a mark on that. I think it could be Goreshi. Um, and I think that's probably why he's in this squad, because I think because of his former talent and 
like I say, he was, he was really, really good when he was younger. And I can't, everyone really thought he was going to go on to bigger and better things. And, and unfortunately, injuries played a big part in, in the reason why he hasn't done that. So I think, I think what Rossi probably wants to do, like despite him not playing that many games this season, not scoring that many goals, is just try and get a closer look at him and and see like what this guy's all about. See him in training, um, see him in maybe a, a a game or two, and see, yeah, is this guy someone that I could maybe bring in in this summer and 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 he might be able to change something for me because he is, um, he's a different type of player to what we've got. Like he is. Like we haven't got that many players who can beat players um, like Sholai, but without Sholai, like we kind of struggle a little bit. And he is someone who can, who is quite direct, and he is a goal scorer as well. So um, yeah, it's, I think I think that one is going to be interesting. Uh, it's I, I find it interesting that Sherry keeps getting a nod as well, um, despite when he has been in the squad previously, he's not really played too much. I know he's obviously. A, a really, really talented footballer, but he's 33, so um, it's it's interesting that Rossi still does want to rely on him, despite not giving him too many opportunities. Um, and I, I guess Conviez is might might be the end for him. Like um, he came in and did a really serviceable job in in a few of those Nations League games, and obviously scored against Serbia. But not being in this squad, I think that might be um, be a bad sign for the Euros for him. Mm, you just wonder whether you know a, a decent result against Poland, and then with San Marino and Andorra, whether one of those two two games, the last one especially, will give all these guys a um, a, a decent chance to to see what they can do. Um, albeit at a kind of well, I say lower level. We've lost to them. Um, I know it, that's the problem, isn't it? Like you, you want to give these guys a chance, but then what if we what if we fuck it off again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Chris, so our first opponents are um, Poland, who have now got Paolo Souza at the helm, someone we know really, really well. Um, interestingly, Rossi has never lost against him in his uh, in his manager managing career um, for the time that he's spent in Hungary. Do you think mm-hmm. Do you think Paolo has any benefit at all having managed in Hungary? I mean, surely he he, he can't know mm-hmm. he's playing now. Well, I mean, I think, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, he does know the players. Um, I know he had a good relationship with, um, with Nikolic at Videoton and managing the, the club there from uh, 2011 through 13. Um, but, you know, the thing about um, Paolo Sousa is he just came in in January, you know, so you've got uh, him coming in and he's got a huge weight on his shoulders trying to, I really think the, the Polish uh, supporters are really expecting him to, to turn things around. He's got a bunch of headaches heading into this uh, international weekend. I mean, he, he's not going to have two of his best players playing against England is what it looks like with, um, uh, with, with Lewandowski at least being out. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, he's, he's got a lot of things to, <laughs> to think about heading into this Um However, he does know that he can he can play the shit out of Lewandowski against Hungary. He doesn't have to sub him, uh, and so that that's going to be really tough. I mean, he's got the squad. I think I think um, they feel fairly confident that they have uh, the talent to beat Hungary. But um, uh, I was reading um, an article though. Nikolic really does believe that um, that they've got the uh, the mindset and the talent to at least make it a, a tough game. He's hoping 
Um, obviously, I mean, being on the team, he's hoping that they're gonna they won't win all three. Uh, but this is this is really the game that um, uh, that they're they're gonna put all their effort into. I really do like uh, the fact that uh, Rossi just signed through 2025. Um, you know, we've talked about this before that um, he's putting together a culture at this uh, uh, with the national team, and the fact that he can now kind of kind of set aside any doubt that he's going to kind of be captaining this ship uh, through the middle of this uh, of this next decade, I think is is really, really good news for Hungary, for the supporters, because um, I think that he's really um, he's proven that, you know, um, that he can do that and that he can he can put together a good team with limited resources. Um, and, um, you know, but uh, getting back to Sousa, I think, uh, you know, uh, if, if, if there's any any shred of hope that we can hope is that uh, he's going to be playing with a lot of pressure and uh, gosh, he's, he's a good, um, he's a good manager. He knows how to inspire the team. Uh, just listening and reading some of the comments, some of the players have already made. I mean, he already took Lewandowski aside and, and had a heart to heart with him. And I feel like he's already kind of winning over the hearts and minds of the team, but it's still really early for him. And um, I think, I think it's going to be good long-term, but um very well could be uh, just the uncertainty and the newness of it all could be something that we might be able to uh, get our fingertips on and, and maybe hopes of at least getting a draw. Mm. And it, it, it's bizarre the way they sacked the last manager because of a couple of bad results, one of which was like a draw. And it just didn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, and, and Tom, the fact that Paolo is only going to have um, – training sessions to get over his ideas, the tactics, the way he wants to play. This has got to be a huge advantage to us, hasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think Souza is is a, a really talented manager to a point. Um, uh, he was very good in Hungary, though he didn't win a league title with Vidi, which is not great. Uh, obviously, he did really well in Europe, and, and, and he was pretty decent at Vidi. But like the other clubs he's been at, he's not particularly been amazing. Um, and for such a big name, um, I think he's kind of mostly got around the with these jobs through his name more than his actual talent. And um, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh on him, but I think the reason why he turned up at Vidi was because he was struggling in his career. He was <laughs> like... He he was he'd managed some big clubs before Vidi, so like, um, and he's kind of just flitted around, and I don't think it's a particularly inspiring um, choice for Poland. I think if if he came to Hungary and was appointed as Hungary manager, I think it's a little bit different because he knows our football culture. He's been here; he'll know the he'd have known the players and stuff. But going to Poland, we've seen it with managers who come in, uh, maybe not quite. Big named as uh, well, Lothar Mateus certainly was as big named as as Paolo Souza, and didn't work out. Like they don't know the culture, they don't know the players as 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 well as 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 the locals would do. Like Erwin Kuman when he came in, shocking, absolutely shocking. Um, we saw it. A li- I mean, Bern Stork did well, but Bern Stork was also here for a little bit before um, he took over the reins as the national team manager. Marco Rossi obviously is, is foreign, but again, he was in Hungary. Drafting a, a someone like Sousa in who's not had any experience in Poland, that is right, isn't it? He's not managed in Poland before. No, 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 he hasn't at all. Yeah, so I think it's just a bit of a random one. Like, I, well, you see, you've also seen it in England when Capello came in and 
and was awful. And if you hear about the players now, they speak about Capello and they absolutely hate him. Mm. I think I think bringing a foreign manager when they don't know the culture of the players is, is isn't the right thing to do. Uh, personally, um, I know they've obviously got Lewandowski in there, so it doesn't it doesn't really matter how good a manager you are when you've got someone like him. Just give him the ball and he'll score shitloads of goals. He's on to score up something like 40 goals in the Bundesliga this season. So um, I think any problems that they have at managerial, he'll mask, it, mask them anyway. But um, yeah, I wouldn't, I'd have been disappointed if I was a Poland fan and saw that happen. Um, I'm sure they've got good managers in, in their own league that they could, could have um, gone for instead and not just bringing some big name foreigner in. That is, that would have been a very Hungarian move, <laughs> bringing a big name foreigner because, um, because Attila Pinto wasn't working out. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when we look look back at Paolo's time in uh, in Hungary, dare I say it, if it wasn't for that European um, Europa League run that that Vili went on, it would be pretty much forgettable. Yeah, it would. And like, where was he at? I think he was at Basel before that. And he, yeah, he won the league. There, but like, I mean, back in then, everyone was winning the league with bars, or it was, it was, it would have been a nightmare if you haven't. And then he's been to a few like clubs in Italy and and France, and and not not pulled up trees. He's not done anything amazing, and and that's the reason why he's gone somewhere like Poland. Like you say, not winning the league at Vidi with Vidi, and they wouldn't have lost out to great teams back there. It's not like they were losing out to someone like Frodi now. Um. And they obviously, when he took over, they had won the league the season before. So, yeah, I mean, he, he did well. And, it, like, the Europa League run was was good. But he, he didn't, he, he wasn't spectacular in the in the same way that Rebrov has been. Mm. And, Chris, so Lewandowski obviously is, is being disrespectful to Poland. He's obviously an outstanding player. They do have plenty of outstanding players in their squad. But... He's obviously a key man and one that we need to really, really, really watch. With that in mind, what what would be your plan um, to stop him? Do you would you man mark him? Who do we have that's great at man marking? Or, or what do you what would you do? How, how do you? That's I guess that's what every club in the Bundesliga is trying to work out as well. But from the players that we've got in defence, who who do you think's um, the, the man that would get the nod? Willie Orban possibly. Yeah, I mean, if first of all, that's that's a million dollar question, isn't it? Um, I, like like you said, I think everyone he's one of the obviously top, I would say top five, if not top three players in the world, um, all told, and um, is proving it. Um, and yeah, Willie Orban being in the Bundesliga, knowing playing against him, um, possibly, but really, it's just going to have to be a team effort. I mean, I don't know of any team that really can can stop him. Um, you know, uh, uh, unless uh, top tier teams, maybe top tier national teams. Um, but, um, you know, just 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 playing a, a team effort in the back. I mean, we've had um, uh, been playing with a back three for the last three, um, three or four games, maybe, maybe even for since uh, since last September. Um, Salai Lang and and Fiola typically vodka has been thrown in there a few times Um uh, it will be nice getting Orban back um, to kind of play that more central role and and, and try. But man, I, you you might want to ask Tom more than I about who's going to man mark who. But um, 
you know, I, I, I just kind of feel like if he's on that day, um, it's really going to be difficult to stop him. And I, I feel like, you know, uh, Hungary has surprised a lot of teams uh, and, and kept the goals down um, because they've played very well defensively. And I also think, um, you know, players like, like Adam Nodge, um, even Shigar coming in uh, and playing really a lot of times a, uh, uh, well defensively in, in the middle of the midfield, um, I think will be good and maybe stopping some of those um, some of those through balls or you know just winning possession and uh, uh, from box to box, I think will be important. But um, you know he's just he's such a such a good talent. I think it's going to be difficult regardless. Mm, you do wonder how many teams have suffered because they've um, spent so much time on trying to figure out how to stop him. You know, despite forgetting that there's another. Um, nine outfield players around him, and that's that's kind of cost them. But Tom, what do you expect our our defence to be um, in this opening game against Poland? Um, I think obviously Orban and and um, Zalai are the are the two nailed on. Um, I guess we all know that, and it's amazing, like you say, the form that Zalai is in at Fenerbahce um, because. I can remember on the on the uh, one of the early pods just after he moved, we were kind of like, "Oh, is he definitely going to play?" We were a little bit nervous, like if he's definitely going to play. <laughs> Ever since he's gone there, he's he's been amazing, and it, that's great to see. Um, I think the other one's a little bit difficult. I think um, I think it's probably a toss up between Botka and Long. Um, Long hasn't really been playing that much at Ammonia recently, which isn't a good sign. But I, I I've slagged long off a lot of times um down the years on this podcast on twitter a lot um but i thought he was amazing in in the autumn months for us and um, so i'd like to see him get the nod to be honest i know like i say he's just dropped out of the ammonia team um i had a couple of bad games and then uh, um hasn't made it back into the team um but i i just kind of like what he's he's been he's been really solid like a, a, a really good on the ball as well um and i think he kind of complements the other two so i'd go with them two uh, them three um and then then wing backs is kind of tough to be fair because like you say hollander had that injury at the, um this weekend um so he might be out and it might have to be hongyu at left wing back and then at right wing back again it's a, it's another tough one um if botkas if botkas probably playing uh, if Bok is not playing uh, centre half, then I'd probably say Bok a right wing back. But then me maybe have Nago there, mm. even Lovrencic. Like, yeah, I think that right back one's definitely up for grabs. I think Hong is nailed down left wing back. If um, yeah, if if Hollander is not injured, if Hollander is injured, days. And this this would be a, a huge game for Nodge as well. Um, I, I personally believe, like, if we can get the battle won in midfield um, and, and stop that, if, if we if we get them to be playing long balls to to um, Lewandowski, then you, you know, hopefully that's that, that's going to be our kind of um, key to to, to uh, getting something out of the game. So I personally believe that try, like trying to stop the supply from the midfield will will be huge and um, Nodge um, in different form at Bristol City. Um, recently, much like the the entire club, so it's, it's hard to kind of single him out for for a lot of blame. But um, what what do you think, Tom? How do you feel about that midfield? 
Yeah, I think I think Nodge has Nodge always steps up there, doesn't he? Like I think mm-hmm. we've said on this pod before, like it doesn't really matter almost at what form he's in at Bristol City. Um like 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 you say, he's kind of in indifferent form. Like he went through a phase just before Christmas, I think, there where he was absolutely amazing and the fans were calling him a beast and and then um all of a sudden he's kind of well, like the whole team just kind of falling apart a little bit, but he usually saves his best for the international games. And yeah, I think like you say, he is vital for to stop that supply into in into Lewandowski. Their their midfield is very good. Um they've got like Krakowiak, who is a quality footballer, Zielinski at Napoli, um Klick, who's a pretty decent player at Leeds. Um like their midfield on paper is much, much better than ours. Uh, which is a little bit of a worry because, like we we single out Lewandowski as being by far their best player, and he is. But they have also got a whole load of talent as well. They got Milik as well, like who could partner Lewandowski. They got Piatek, who's not in the greatest form at Hertha, but um, decent player. Um, and then I really like Bednarek at the back, who's at Southampton, who's really really good on the ball. So we, we're going to have a real struggle whoever we play in, in that midfield. Um, I think I'd go with Nodge, Kalmar, and and probably Gosdog. Um, I think the other it's the toss up between Gosdog and Klein Heisler. Um, but I think I think I'd go with Gosdog because I think you can rely on Gosdog be a bit more disciplined than Klein Heisler. Klein Heisler is a super talented football but footballer, but I don't think you can really rely on him that much. Um, he's just a bit too sporadic I think um, and he's a great option to bring off the bench if needed um, but I think in this kind of game you want players who can be a little bit tight and um, really follow out the um, the coach's instructions and I think that's what you get with Gosdog as well with Gosdog and, and the home base players they, they have had another week with the national team um, so I think they will get a bit of an advantage whereas Kleinheiser has been playing with Aussie yet this weekend because um, the the MV1 got called off um, for the weekend to concentrate on this game. So, um, yeah, I, I would go with that midfield three, um, which is it's 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 very decent. Um, but on paper, it's nothing. It's, it's nothing, nowhere near as good as theirs. But I guess games aren't won on paper, are they? Which is good. No, and and you know that's that's one thing we've shown that that under Marco Rossi, who has a track record of taking bang average players and turning them into, you know, league winners, etc. Um, that that's exactly what it will be. We'll be disciplined. We'll be tough to break down, and I think we'll be a surprise for a lot of the um, a lot of the Polish players as well. Um, certainly, I hope we don't get steamrolled, but I I, I can't see that happening. I I'm pretty. Pretty hopeful of a point. I just think like the factor with with them having the new manager, um, with us kind of knowing what we're doing now, um, a, a point would be fantastic. It'd be, it'd be a great start. Um, Chris, so let's let's talk about Soboslai. So let's just say between now and the end of the season, he might get to play a couple of games. European Championships is coming up. We've had a good set of results. Um, from from these World Cup qualifiers, with these players that are available, do you stick with these midfielders that have, that have um, 
in the squad at the moment? Um, or do you bring bring him back in knowing full well that we're going to get absolutely battered at the championships? <laughs> Are you asking me if he should play during... Yeah, I think it's deserving. The fact that, I mean, we, we don't get us wrong. We, we absolutely know his, his quality is unbelievable. And he's, he's a key player without the key player, without, you know, any doubt whatsoever. But these guys are doing all the dirty work now. Um, and surely they get to get to reap the rewards of playing, um, playing in, in European championships. Or do we not forget that it was him who took us there? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I see. I see where you're, I see the point you're trying to make, or uh, at least one that um, I'm, I'm following you. But I I, I do think that um, uh, Rossi is, owes it to his team and owes it to the uh, to the hung, Hungarian fans to put the best product on the pitch, you know. And so um, just because they're they're holding it up while he's gone, um, I mean, he's he's not out on holiday, you know. He's he's legitimately injured, so. I think that if he's out and um, they, they hold it up while he's getting better, uh, I, I do think that if he's fit and he's in form, um, that there's no way that they can stop him from playing. Um, and I think that he, you know, the, the goal that he scored to get them in um, right there shows that, you know, he's 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 done enough to get them to where they need to be. Um, and, um, you know, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't even be thinking about this summer, honestly, playing meaningful games, that is. So um, I, I think that uh, if he's fit and ready to go, he's got to be in there for sure. Tom, what do you think on that one? Obviously, we've not seen him make an appearance in the Bundesliga yet. So, um, you know, obviously we all know what he's done for Hungary. But, um, you know, chances are he might, might get a couple of couple of appearances in before, before the championships. Um, what, what, what do you think? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because we we've seen this with England in previous years where um, where like Rooney got injured and I think he broke his metatarsal and um, he was England's was by far England's best player at the time um, and just as they were going into the tournament, it was touching go whether he was going to make it and he did make it and ended up being absolutely abysmal and England were absolutely abysmal and went out, I think, to Germany 4-1 um, in the last 16 and and Rooney was just just terrible in that tournament. And and I think the same happened in 2002 with Beckham when he also broke his better tarsal and he was by far England's best player and um, in the lead-up to the tournament, again, it was touch and go. I remember Yuri Geller being on bloody... GMTV and everyone was like trying to like touch the screen to try and get Beckham's better to to be better for the World Cup and the world was going mad. Um, well, that was when England was absolute crazy. Um, like four years after like Diana had died and the whole country was just in in a weird place. But um, anyway, like and Beckham again, he didn't really have the best World Cup. Um, I think with Sobos, like, it's probably a little bit different though because. He he is, I guess, in a similar way to Rooney and Beckham, is our best player in the squad. But I think Sobosai is is another level above, um, in my opinion. And I think if we don't have him there, like we just miss a spark. And if he has, like, it, it, it could be a case where he we go into the Euros and he hasn't played a game since what November. Mm-hmm. December time, yeah, um, and that is that is a real worry. Um, 
And I think maybe from there, like he might have to come off the bench in the first couple of games because he isn't going to be match fit. And we can't really afford just a player, a luxury player like that, just to be kind of on the pitch, not really uh, contributing, despite how talented he is. Um, so I think I think it is a little bit of a, a genuine concern. Um, they, they say, they're saying May, so he should hopefully get a couple of Bundesliga games in. But like, if you're Leipzig, do you bring him in? Like, if you're if you, they've they've got a title shot on, they're still in in, in with a chance of a title. Like, are you going to bring in Soboslai, who's never played in Bundesliga, to to play in those last few games? I don't know if you are. Um, so. Yeah, it's going to be a genuine dilemma. Like it, from the outs, from the outside, it kind of looks like it's a almost like a silly question, but it isn't at all. It it's going to be a genuine concern um, because a, a half fit player is, despite how talented he is, isn't as good as a, as a full fit player. No matter if they're playing in MB one or what. Like we saw, like I say, we saw that with Rooney in in the twenty ten World Cup, and we see it a lot with injured players when. They just they just don't look the same as as what they are. So, yeah, I'm hoping that we don't. This is kind of a hypothetical question. We don't actually get round to this, but I'm I can't, I'm a little bit worried that um, that we won't. Like my, on the flip side, what could happen is like he comes back in May, plays four amazing games for for Leipzig, when takes them to the title, and he's like fresher than anyone in that Euro squad. Like he could be he could be at that point like. We don't know. Um, hopefully, that is the case. Rather than yeah, um, we're going in with a half fit, our half fit best player. And also, this actually happened in the um, under seventeen Euro Championship with Sobosai, the one that he got us to. Yeah. Right, in the same way that we he got us to the um, to the Euros, um, he went into that tournament, didn't play the first two games, played the third game against Faroe Islands, and then we went out in the last sixteen because he was injured. So. Yeah, it feels, feels like history is repeating itself a little bit. Yeah, it's um, say it, it seems a bizarre question, but it's just one you're not sure. I mean, I, the best case scenario for us is that say he comes back in May and Bayern have wrapped the title up by then, so all the other games are kind of dead rubbers. You want Leipzig to have got a place in Europe, and and he gets to gets to play those minutes. Um, Otherwise, they're literally just going to write him off this season and start again next. So, yeah, we just keep our fingers crossed with that one. Just who knows? Um, Chris, so where do you see us on the 31st of March at 10 o'clock? How many points from those three games are we going to have in the in the bag? Uh, Honestly, I think the the, the only question is, is, is it going to be six seven or nine um i mean honestly um if we can't beat san marino and andorra and i don't think this is a team that is like when we played andorra um back in 2017 um so i I think those two games are are in the bag um san marino hasn't scored in their last 20 matches uh or only one goal in their last 20 matches um and andorra um they haven't won uh, since November of 2019, uh, a 1-0 win over Moldova, um, only two goals in their last nine games. Uh, you know, we don't need to score many, and I think our defense is good enough to keep teams like that at bay. Um, Poland, obviously, that's the question. 
Um, you know, uh, hopefully I'd like to think that we can get, um, that we can get a draw, um, in Budapest. Um, you know, I know that there's, uh, is there going to be there, is there going to be any fans whatsoever? Or is it completely behind closed doors? They've got till the end of, uh, or at some point in April, I can't remember what date in April, but they've got, um, to submit what they feel the capacity will be, um, from even naught to a hundred percent. They literally have got a chance to, to name, um, what they think it will be. So yeah, we don't know yet. It's still to, still to be decided, but so for the 25th against Poland for next week. Oh, no, no, that's, that's without fans. Completely that's, behind closed doors. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I just think that's always a difficult atmosphere. Um, you know, really, I mean, the energy without, without fans is, is always a little, little dead, but, um, you know, I, I would like to think that somehow they can pull off, um, uh, a draw. So I'm going to go ahead and say seven points. Tom, where are you going on this one? I think I'm going to agree with Chris and go with seven. Um, I think we'll beat Poland, beat San Marino and draw with Andorra. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, but I hope I'm joking. Um, I'm going to go with, with a draw against Poland and then beat the other two. Um, I think we've got enough to beat those two now and, and we've got players off the bench who can who can change the game and we've got creativity just in case we are struggling. I don't think we'll concede, like Chris said, those guys don't really score many goals. Um, it's just about scoring. I think we will do it. Poland is going to be massive. Like we can't underestimate how big a game this is, because Poland are going to win the rest of their games in this group. Like we said before, San Marino, Andorra, Albania are all very beatable. They're probably going to lose to England. This is our chance. I think we almost need to win it in some respects, um, because when we go away to Poland, there'll probably be fans there, and that'll be really, really tough. Um, but I, as long as we don't lose, we're still in with a chance of qualifying. But it feels very weird how big a game this actually is, um, despite the Euros not even being played yet. But if we lose this, we're we're out of World Cup qualifying basically, and we almost anyway would have to either beat Poland away and maybe get a draw against England in one of the two games to go through. So it's <clears throat> it's massive. Um, and I hope, I hope we get a draw. I think we will. Good chat. I, I think seven points as well. I really, really do. So I look forward to the next podcast, us having four and all looking really, really stupid. No. <laughs> Imagine if that is the case. We'll, we'll find the uh, Hungarian version of Yuri Geller and we'll start bending some spoons or stuff or whatever we can do to, to help him. <laughs> um, Moving on, guys. So back in 2018, which seems forever away, um, Hungary were awarded the European um, Under-21 Championships uh, alongside um, Slovenia. So um, that kicks off in three days' time. Um, now, obviously, by default, we've um, qualified for being co-hosts and the reward for that was to be grouped in with Germany, Romania and Holland. Um, our under 21 is absolutely awful at the moment. Um, Tom, where, where do you see us going with, uh, with this bunch? Um, I, um, I don't want to be too harsh, but I think anything, uh, Anything more than zero points will be deemed a success, in my opinion. Like, uh, 
the, the team aren't great anyway. Um, Gira has got, is it, is it one win or two wins now since he took over? Um, our best players are missing um, and the group is tough. Romania, I guess on paper, don't look tough, but to qualify for for an under-21 tournament is really tough. Um, Hungary, have, in their history, Hungary have only ever qualified for four under-21 European championships and they've been going on since the 70s. Um, so this is our fifth ever appearance there and obviously that's because we're hosts. Uh, we don't qualify for this very often and there's a reason for that because it's really, really tough and the teams that play there are really, really, really good. Um, I, f- I, fear, I, fear, I fear for us a lot. Like Our team... It's just MB1 players, and there's no there's no players in that team who are stars in MB1. Like if we had Shabot Shun, that would have been a star we've got in in the team, but he's obviously got COVID, and and that's a huge loss. Um, whereas if you look at someone like Germany, all their players playing in the Bundesliga, um, Romanian players are, are, are like I say, really talented, and and we've we've got next to nothing in there. Um, I think. Balog is is one of our better players, but what's he played two two or three games for Palmer this year? I mean, he's eighteen, um, so that is pretty impressive. But uh, like uh, in comparison to what we're up against, it's really tough. Um, it's it's interesting that like Gira has opted for the players who are playing senior football in Hungary rather than players who are in academies abroad. So like Christopher Horvath, for example, who's played a couple of games for Torino this season. He's not in there. Um, Bukta is in there now, but only only because of the injuries. Um, who's who's playing in um, in Austria. There's there's a couple more Aust- um, Austrian league players who are talented and, and haven't made the squad. So it's interesting that Gear has gone for that instead, um, that approach. But I'm very, I'm very, very fearful. Um, and Demian's also uh, is a decent keeper, and he's out of the squad as well now. Um, I just, I just, to be honest, I, I don't want to be really negative, but I, I, I'm, I am going to be. I just hope it's not embarrassing. Um, which, if it starts, if it starts like in our first game against, I think it's Germany first, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah, I think if if we go one or two goals down quickly, it could be an awful, awful tournament. Um, like I say, anything more than um, zero points in the group, in my opinion, is a success. Mm. Bukta has not made an under-21 appearance yet either. Um, he's 19. He, he was called up to replace um, Pau Dardai's um, son, obviously with the same name, Palco. Um it's relying on the Hungarian-based um, talent. Do you see that more on the fact that Zoltan hasn't been able to travel and see these other players or is relying on coaching reports, whereas all the ones he can see playing regularly, um, you know, albeit in the Hungarian second division, first division, what, what do you feel on that? Was Palko going to be like the guy who had everyone on his um, shoulders or are we looking um, looking more at like Daniel Jory or who's carrying the team there, do you think? I think I think you're right. I think it would have been Palco carrying the team. Like, I don't think Palco on one side um, and Schoen on the other and then with Jory or maybe Zerka 
um, in in the centre would have been an that wouldn't have been a bad front three at all actually. Um, I, I really I don't I don't think Palco's amazing, but I think he's he's a decent player um, who we could see in in the national team soon enough maybe. Um, he's he's played in the Bundesliga himself. He's played for Germany's under under age size. I think he's really good, and I think that's a huge loss as well. Um, I do like Bukta. I've seen him. I've seen him a lot. But I think this whole squad, to be honest, that they're, um, they're it's just a bit early for them. A lot of them are, are really young. Like usually with these kind of squads, if you look probably around most of. Um, your uh, most of the other squads, they're they're a lot older. They're like 22, 23, 21. And and our squad, there's a lot of 19 year olds in there, a lot of 20 year olds in there. Um, I think it's the youngest squad at the tournament. I, uh, that might not. I think that I'm I'm, I'm actually sure it is because of Bookter's um, Bookter being in there now. Um, and and that's going to really hurt them. Like the reason why. I guess we never qualify for these tournaments is because as soon as like a, a player is probably good enough um, at 20, they'll be in the national team. And Sobosai, for example, would would qualify for this tournament. Like it is, he he is young enough. Obviously, he's injured, um, and he probably wouldn't have been. No, he definitely wouldn't have been with England, with Hungary playing, playing um, in World Cup qualifying. But someone like Sobosai is good enough to just play for the national team, and and Schaefer even. Um, they even think Schaefer's good enough for the national team and, and too good for this. So that's kind of the problem. If you look at England's squad, like because England's senior team is so good, their under-21 team is absolutely unbelievable. And it would beat Hungary's first team, probably. It'd beat a lot of European teams' first team. Like most of their most of their team are playing in... Um, a uh, first team is in pre- in the Premier League, um, like and and good teams as well. Like you got Mason Greenwood in there and Callum Hudson Adore. It was it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, whereas we've got Adrian Zerka, who looks like a decent player, but he's getting off the bench occasionally at Heracles in Eredivisie, and he's one of our better players. So um, it's just levels, isn't it? Um, um, it's going to be interesting, like. I just hope, yeah, like I say, I hope we just don't embarrass ourselves and, and, and players who have got talent do step up and, and don't get overawed by the occasion. Like, there is decent players in there, like like Benga does Bola, who's been a, a solid MB1 player this season and last season was really, really good. Um, Andras Husti has been really good this season. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, Laszlo Deutsch, I really like. Like I said, like I already mentioned about um, Balo Botton um, playing games at Palmer. Jonka is a decent player who who played a couple of games for Frodi um, first team, um, and then Tomasz Kish, who I I really love. Who's been it feels like he's been in NB one for ages now. He's only twenty. Um, scored that um, screamer against Ferenc Faros on his debut for Holly a few years ago, and he, he's a real talent. Um, it, it might cause some problems. It's just it's just levels though. Like these players are good in MB1, but just as as you go up the ladder, they just um, it's just they just don't compare to to what's out there. Um, and that's why like some of the players that are are based abroad, um, the likes of 
like I say, Christopher Horvath at Torino and 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 the boys at um there's another lad at um uh Salzburg or Leifering uh, Major um and another one at Palmer alongside Ballo. I, I kind of would have liked to have seen those guys be in this team. The lad at Milan as well, Curtez. Um like I kind of would have liked to have seen those guys get in this squad, but fair enough. Kira's um gone for the home base players and um I guess if they're playing senior football it makes sense. Um because someone like Curtez, for example, um I don't know that's not right. I can't remember. Um he he might just he's never well, he's played MB two football and that's about it, but um, yeah, it maybe comes a bit early, and there's this there's just a lot for this squad. It just comes very early for them, um, but yeah, they're just gonna have to deal with it as best they can. Mm. And Chris, the last time we um, ever, the under twenty ones were at a European Championships was in nineteen ninety six. Um, Sultan Gare is obviously at the helm. Um, is the under twenty ones almost pointless when you're a country like Hungary? As Tom pointed out there, if you're good enough, you're going to get into the national team. Um, Zoltan Gera, if we were a bigger nation, no way he would have kept his job with the results that we're getting. Do you think it's almost like the, the Hungarian FA know there's nothing coming through? Let's just pop someone in there who's going to steer the ship and, and, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's really difficult to, to say for sure. I mean, watchability um yeah that's that's really difficult to watch and to have um you know a game like that knowing that we're going to be completely smashed against some of these uh these better better nations um uh, top tier nations um you know I, I i still think it's good experience for for uh for some players you might find um you know a diamond in the rough so to speak but really, yeah, when it comes down to it, um, you know, it, it is really hard to, to put a lot of resources into, say, a U21 side, um, especially when you have other, you know, um, uh, like U19s and stuff that um, you're, you're going to have some of these younger uh, players. You want them to be at the top of their, their game there. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean, that might be for some of these uh, smaller nations um, for, for that to uh, to really pan out or that be something worth putting a lot of resources in might be something to take a look at. Mm. Guys, I think that's where we're going to leave it for this week. Obviously we're only a few days away now from, from the opening qualifier. So we'll be back in a couple of weeks to round up everything that's happened where Hungary under 21s would have won the European Championship and will be bottom of the group after losing 2-0 to Andorra. If our predictions are anything to go by. Tom, thank you as always. Really insightful stuff. Thanks, Gabby. And Chris, thank you, sir, for your contribution as always. And let's say we'll catch up back in a couple of weeks. Come on, Hungary. Haida Majerosad. Stay safe and uh, keep listening to the podcast. <laughs>